From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4BB, VK4 Baker Baker. You have tuned the WIA National News, this edition, January 13, 2013. The wildfires in Tasmania, Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland come as Australia experiences its hottest temperatures on record spanning 120 years. The fierce immense fires have even been photographed and tweeted by the International Space Station commander, Canadian astronaut Chris Hatfield, VA3 Oscar Oscar Golf. So far, Weiss and South Tasmania is the only group of trained radio amateurs reported to be engaged by manning Tasmanian fire service communications. In teams of two, Weissen has posted at the Incident Management Team headquarters to control the busy 80 MHz radio traffic to crews at the massive blazes on the Tasman Peninsula and in the Derwent Valley. Through the week, I rang Justin VK7 Tango Whiskey, who was actually on duty at this headquarters, and we're going to hear a complete story as soon as things die down there. We'll get the news done live out of VK7. Lots of people, including tourists, were trapped in VK7. Aerial and ground crews have worked on those two fires that saw houses, outbuildings and a school lost. Fires have burnt elsewhere in Tasmania. In Victoria, houses were burnt by a grass fire at Snake Gully near Ballarat, including a very historic homestead. A similar situation existed in New South Wales with fires near Bega, Cooma, Wagga Wagga and Nara in the Shoalhaven. Queensland has had numerous fires, including at White Patch on Bribey Island. South Australian firefighters are being kept busy too. Despite some respite in a few areas with cooler weather, including reports of a little snow on Hobart's Mount Wellington Wednesday, this gave firefighters some help, but severe hot weather is forecast to return to most areas. In Victoria, authorities are mobilising firefighting fire trucks, aircraft and resources to the northeast region, fearing the worst there by this weekend. Australian given an AMSAT accolade. It was a very humble Tony Hutchison, VK5ZAI, who received an award from AMSAT North America for the voluntary work he's done for the amateur radio on the International Space Station, the ARIS program. In accepting the award, Tony, VK5ZAI, said it was a very nice honour, which made him feel humble. I look at it as a combined effort by all those who've helped over the last 20 years because I couldn't have done it alone, he said. In praise of ARIS, Tony, VK5ZAI, said, they're a great group to work with and he's made many friends through it and amateur radio. Here's the Australian RS coordinator and a Telebridge Earth station involved in many contacts between the ISS and schools. The Channel 7 Today Tonight show interviewed Tony VK5ZAI early 2012 when he gave some great insights as to how amateur radio can provide support for NASA as well as raise public awareness through the RS schools program. The segment has been posted to YouTube. WIA Board Talk and Phil Waite, VK2ASD, our WIA President, writing on WIA Front Page News, that's wia.org.au, says the Society needs an Assistant Treasurer to assist John VK3PZ in looking after the financial affairs of the Institute. Ideally, you'd live in the wider Melbourne area, have some corporate or not-for-profit experience and be proficient in MYOB or other computer-based accounting systems and naturally have some spare time to, to devote to the WIA. If you are able to assist John in the preparation of yearly budgets and quarterly financial reports and also happy to attend occasional meetings, well, they'd love to hear from you. WIA President Phil went on to say, I'd like to say that this is a paid position and full of all sorts of perks and benefits. 
But sorry, you'll be involved with a great group of people all working for Amateur Radio and, although deadlines have to be met, the position isn't too demanding. So if you believe you can help the WIA in this aspect of our work, please send an email with a brief outline of your qualifications and experience to president at wia.org.au. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Banana Shire region, it can be heard on VK4RCQ 2 metre repeater on 147 MHz every Sunday morning at 9am. From the Banana Shire Repeater Association, I'm Brandon, VK4FABB. Have you prepared for the last weekend in May, the 2013 WIA AGM and Conference? With access to amateurs from all level of experience, you'll participate in sessions about and related to amateur radio. With so much expertise in one place, we offer a platform to tap into the assembled knowledge and experience and give you front row access to it all. The 2013 WIA AGM and Conference. It's all about engaging, learning, appreciating, socialising and discovering. You'll find all the information online at the VK6 conference site, conference.vk6.net. We're going to go around VK now and we'll be stopping off in VK6, VK2, VK3 and VK4. Now in VK6, Shane, VK6ZW, has been doing the 80 metre relay Sunday eves of this, the WIA news, for a number of years and reports he has had to QSY from 3.564 up to anywhere between 3.61 and 3.635 due to local QRM. So you're going to have to have a little bit of a search if you are close to the 2 metre repeater. However, that also broadcasts the news, so not much point in listening to two broadcasts, but if you are near the local 2 metre repeater in VK6, then that repeater broadcaster advises the frequency of the 80 metre broadcast on the night of the broadcast. The day is fast approaching for the largest amateur radio gathering in the Southern Hemisphere. Wyong Field Day, Sunday 24th of February 2013. Mark this date in your calendar or you may be disappointed. Free shuttle bus from Wyong Station, gates open 6.30am, traders and exhibitors 9am. For more information, go to the website fieldday.org.au. Proudly brought to you by the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. Wyong Field Day, Amateur Radio's big day out. The one subject that's mentioned every day on amateur radio nets around Australia is the weather. The Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society, VK4WIG, will be hosting a presentation by well-respected local meteorologist and storm chaser, Anthony Cornelius. He will be answering all of those nagging questions like how do meteorologists forecast storms? What are the best weather instruments to use at home? And what's with all this crazy weather we're having right now? Anthony will be at the Harper Street Molendina Clubhouse on Saturday the 19th of January and his presentation will start at 10am. Everyone is welcome. Centre Victoria Radio Fest. This major event will be at the Kyneton Racecourse only an hour from Ballarat, Bendigo and Melbourne on Sunday, February the 10th. Tickets on sale at 9am and the doors open at 10am. A feature will be the home brew competition judged by Drew Diamond of VK3XU. There will be a bustling traders hall, a second-hand seller's market, club displays including vintage equipment and the ever-popular mini lecture program. Presentations are by Alan Deven, VK3XPD, and Michael Coleman, VK3XH, 
on the millimetre wave bands. Wayne Merry VK3WAM about Summit of the Air, Drew Diamond VK3XU, Home Brunig, and Kevin Forbes VK3UKF on Things in Orbit. See you at the Centre Victoria Radio Fest on Sunday, February the 10th. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1WIA. From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1WIA. What use is an F-call? Over the past year, I've come to see and experience some of the different achievements that amateurs have made in this hobby. It's not immediately obvious what the scale or range of those things are. Just scratching the surface reveals that the amateur radio news is broadcast every week. There's likely a repeater within range, if not several. There are clubs and associations, contests, training services, websites, magazines, on-air nets, technical talks and seminars, educational activities, promotions, sponsorships and emergency services. I've had the opportunity to participate in most of those activities, some as a receiver of services and others where I was an active contributor. Recently, I was struck by the invisibility of the edge. What I mean by that is that there are single points of failure in many of those services. The news that you're listening to right now, for example, is put together by amateurs like you. The news has been here every week, and you've been able to listen to it. The reason that's possible is because there is a large group of people across the world making it happen. You could stop there and leave it at that, but if you did, you'd lose the point I'm making. The edge that I'm talking about is, for example, one single person is responsible for broadcasting the produced news file on my local repeater. Similarly, one single person is responsible for doing the same on 160 metres. Across the country, and across the world for that matter, are single individuals who are providing an essential service, each individual representing a single point of failure. I know that I am one of those single points of failure. Not a critical one by any stretch of the imagination, but nonetheless. I didn't plan to be. In fact, the opposite is true. I offered to help another amateur with the aim of sharing the load, and found myself holding the baby. This is not a unique story. In fact, it's played out all over the hobby every day. You could construct a list of all those individuals and laud them with accolades. But I know for myself that's not what I want, and I doubt others do either. Of course, it's not for me to say, so instead I'll ask this question. What things in amateur radio are you taking for granted, and what could you do to contribute to them? I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. In the USA, their FCC has formalised rules to help speed the development of internet services on board planes. Since 2001, the Commission has authorised a number of companies to operate Earth stations on aircraft communicating with fixed satellite service geostationary orbit space stations. Installed on the exterior of the aircraft, the satellite antenna carries the signal to and from the plane, providing two-way in-flight broadband services to passengers and flight crew. 
The Commission's recent report and order formalises Earth stations aboard aircraft, the SAA, as a licensed application in the fixed satellite service and establishes a framework for processing applications while ensuring other radio service operations are protected from harmful interference. Airlines will be able to test their own systems to prove they meet FCC standards, establish that they do not interfere with aircraft systems, and then get FAA approval. A proposal to embed barcodes and radio frequency ID tags in Virginia licence plates is currently on the table. Proponents say the the first-in-the-nation surveillance program would aid law enforcement agencies and could even unclog traffic. But civil liberties groups see a more sinister agenda and ulterior motives. RFID, radio frequency identification, in particular is often cited as a key offender of privacy. And in fact, a Virginia statute prohibits the use of RFID tags in driver's licences. DMV reports that similar concerns have been raised for barcodes, the report stated. Morse code as UNESCO intangible cultural heritage. On December 12th, the Cabinet of Germany ratified the UNESCO Convention for the Safeguarding of Intangible Cultural Heritage, which brings a step closer to the goal of the Deutsche Amateur Radio Club, DARC, and IARU to have Morse code added to the list of intangible cultural heritage. This should be achieved by November 2014. Names in the news. Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, honoured by Cedars-Sinai Alumni Association. Our good buddy in the USA and Newsline producer Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, was recently honoured with a Certificate of Appreciation for his volunteer work to the Cedars-Sinai Medical Centre Alumni Association. No, Bill has never worked at the world-famous medical facility. However, since his retirement from Fox TV in 2009, he has been the volunteer videographer for the monthly social gatherings of the group. The award was presented to Bill during a break in the evening's program while he was video recording a presentation by famed Hollywood producer-director Paul Mazursky. Mazursky was the featured speaker talking about the production of his 1984 film Moscow on the Hudson that starred Robin Williams when Bill was honoured. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. The Raspberry Pi is a credit card-sized computer that's taken the internet tinkerers set by storm. Running a 700 megahertz ARM 11-type CPU... It promises a cheap, powerful embedded Linux platform with USB for keyboard and mouse and high-def HDMI video output capable of Blu-ray quality playback, a seemingly impossible feature for such an inexpensive and generally available device. It runs on 5 volts and exposes a bunch of GPIOs for interfacing with homebrew projects and has a composite video out and a 3.5mm analogue audio output to make sure there are no excuses in getting this thing to talk to the outside world. The first model released boasted Ethernet jack and 256 meg of RAM, which has since been doubled in a revised hardware configuration and, more recently, a cheaper version without the network connections on sale. The operating system is written on an SD card, the same media used in most digital cameras, and a variety of flavours of Linux are officially supported by the Raspberry Pi Foundation and others by the user community. Originally envisaged as a primary and secondary school-level educational platform to teach software programming, the Raspberry Pi went on general sale to attract a community, 
and ensure economies of scale would keep the price low. Over 500,000 units were sold in the first six months to September 2012. What makes this more impressive is that the Arduino, a microcontroller platform that was the previous darling of the internet, took five years to reach the 300,000 mark. You'll see the penetration of Arduinos at your local electronics parts retail store right alongside the pickaxe and basic stamp kits. Raspberry Pis of both flavours, pardon the pun, are available from the big two mail-order parts suppliers in Australia. I'm sure you can find them. The Pi is a little underpowered to be used as a day-to-day home computer for most people, but with some technical assistance it could be a very inexpensive introduction to computing and a general web browser connected to a television for a complete novice. You're probably better off pulling out some of those crinkly old Mawsons from under the mattress if you're looking for a general purpose computer though. The price-performance ratio and its low power consumption makes the Pi an excellent platform for ham experimenters and home brewers. We amateurs have really taken to the Raspberry Pi with a range of projects re-implemented to take advantage of the much-improved user interface over your traditional microcontroller-based projects. Some projects that have caught my eye are a fully-featured CW trainer that plugs into your TV, APRS digipeters and gateways, AMSAT satellite platforms. Yes, they're in space now. Field day logging and rig control, two-axis rotator controller with real-time satellite tracking up on a screen, and a lightweight digi-mode setup for hiking. I hope this introduction has piqued your interest and got you thinking about investigating further. Many links to information and the projects mentioned are included in the text edition of this news service. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4 UQ, Dateline 2013. VK Rosshall Memorial, VHF UHF all January. VK Summer, VHF UHF Field Day on now, this weekend 12 and 13. ZL Jogwide Memorial Field Day Contest, Saturday and Sunday, February 23 and 24. Hunting lions in the air. This event also takes place this weekend, the closest to 13 January, the birthday of Melvin Jones, the founder of the Lions organisation. It is not a contest, but merely means for lions to exchange greetings with other lions and lions clubs. Radio amateurs and members of the various lions clubs get together, and the lions are allowed to exchange greetings with other lions under the supervision of the radio amateur. Normally, the name and the number of the lions club is the exchange. Yes, Kian and Oscar, 2013 Best Fist nominations due. All who participated in MSAT's Straight Keen Out on Oscar 2013 should take a moment to nominate someone you work for Best Fist. Remember, your nominee need not have the best fist of those you heard, only of those you worked. Send your nomination to w2rs at msat.org. This year's event was dedicated to the memory of John Thompson, W1BIH-PJ9JT, who passed away in 2012, age 96. Although known primarily as a HFD extra and contester, John was also active on Oscar, mostly on CW. Special event stations, DX and Beacon and NetAdvice. No excuse, you have two years to work this one. P29NO, home call is JA2VQP, is in East Sepik Province, Papua New Guinea, January 2013 to January 2015, whilst a volunteer teacher at Divine Word University, WIWAC. Two German operators are QRV from Kenya until January 20. Call signs to look for are 5Z4-DF3ZS and 5Z4-DR1QW. They will be on all bands 80 to 10 metres on SSB and RITI. QSL to the home calls. 
The Dakar Rally started in Peru for the first time this year. The route takes participants through Peru, Argentina and Chile. To mark the occasion, the Radio Club Hirano were airing a special event station with the call sign 4T4RDP from 4 January to 13 January. You may just snare this one today, or if you have already worked 4T4RDP, a special QSL card is available via OA40. LW6HGF is active from the island of St Vincent in the Caribbean until January 24. He is using call sign J8-W6HGF and his focus is on Ritty. QSLs go via his home call. Media Watch to wrap up operational news from Ingham's VK4FUQ and a report on the free DV project in VK2. Hi, this is Ed, VK2JI. I am happy to report that the planned live relay of VK2WI's transmission using free DV digital voice mode went ahead as planned last Sunday on 7190 lower sideband digital voice with no problems. I would like to thank those amateurs who responded not only with written reports but also with screenshots, audio and video files to the Digital Audio Google Group. These reports have shown areas where I can improve my transmit side as well as the effects of QSB on the received signals at various NSW locations from the Illawarra in the south up to Dury in the north. The developers, who also monitor the list, have received these files and reports and are considering what might be possible to improve low signal performance of the mode. Thanks to the coverage of both the ARNSW and WIA news broadcasts, there have been several new amateurs posting their interest in free DV on the Digital Audio Google Group. During the week, there have been reports on the list from several VK amateurs testing with free DV for the first time and making successful contacts. For those who haven't joined the bandwagon yet, can I suggest you check out Free DV on the web at www.freedv.org. 73, and hope to work you on digital voice. This is Ed, VK2JI. In Melbourne and around the world, you can now hear and see the WAI news broadcast. Brought to you by members of Melbourne's Eastern and Mountain District Radio Club. The broadcast is transmitted via VK3RTV, digital television repeater, and simultaneously streamed live on the web, courtesy of the British Amateur Television Club. This is VK1WIA, now heard and seen around the world. I'm John, VK3DQ. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Naval. Members of the Lake Boga Lions Club have established a museum at Lake Boga on the site of the number one flying boat repair depot that was established back in 1942. WAA members might like to take a moment to visit their website by clicking the link you'll find in the text edition or on waa.org.au and get a feel for the 30 years of effort that's gone into the establishment of this museum. Museum volunteers are currently looking for help, locating two AR7 radio receivers to complete the restoration of the original communications bunker. If you can help, please contact Ross Pfeiffer from the museum. To radio scouting, like all events that raise a groundswell of emotion, it's time for joining of hands and a couple of verses of Old Lang Syne. The Australian Scout Jamboree has wrapped up and many of the participants have arrived home 
or are travelling as this news goes to air. Here's Jeff, VK4ZPP. The antennas and cables are down from the roof of the activities building and equipment returned to clubs and individuals. A decision has been made that the IC718 donated by ICOM Australia go to a special scouts radio unit to be formed in Queensland. No doubt part of the thinking has been after seeing the facilities that Peter, VK3AJ, brought from Victoria. For further information, see the link in the text edition. For the operators, it has been a demanding time with troops of six scouts coming through to take part in amateur radio. Often there were four positions in use with the logging computer pressed into service to access Echolink, whilst more scouts sat waiting up to three deep. Sadly, from the Fraser Coast... The band conditions did not favour daylight operations, and many scouts did not get to experience hands-on ham radio. Thankfully, the Echo IRLP supplied by VK4KV allowed many DX contacts with amateur scouts and former scouts. Once an operating schedule was set up for the radio scouts attending AJ2013, nighttime operations resulted in dog piles of activity. To the stations who missed the contact with VI4ASJ, we are sorry, but we tried. To the stations who have made the contact, Meriburra Electronics and Radio Group Incorporated has accepted the role of QSL manager. Contact details for merge are either via WIA-affiliated clubs or follow the text edition links. The Wireless Institute of Australia has provided sponsored use of the QSL services, so please, QSL via the Bureau. To the many new friends we have made during this journey, we say a safe journey home. To the amateurs at the Jamboree, 7-3 and meet you further down the log. And to those still working on site, we wish you a speedy return home and a good night's sleep in your own bed. From Merge, I'm Jeff, BK4ZPP, reporting for WIA National News. Thank you, Jeff. Now to Rescue Radio. Weiss and Victoria are involved in two events during the next quarter. If you are available to participate, please get in touch with the contact listed. Saturday, February 23rd, Pajero Challenge, Woods Point area. Contact Dirk, VK3FPAJ. And Sunday, March 3rd, The Mad Bike Ride, Woodend, Wombat State Forest. Contact there, John, VK3XD. To VHF and above, first 24 gig contact between USA and Japan. L-W-5-L-U-A and Shikiru J-A-6-C-Z-D made the first 24-gig EME contact between the US and Japan on January 2nd at 1430 Zulu. The two stations had about an hour of common window where each had 15 to 20 degrees of elevation. J-A-6-C-Z-D uses a 2.4-metre offset-fed dish with a 22-watt SSPA. W5LUA uses a 2.4-metre offset-fed dish and a TWT mounted on the feed support, providing 100 watts of the feed. JA6CZD sent L a 559 signal report, and L responded to Shikaru with a 449 in return. Both stations used linear polarity and must compensate for the 70 degrees of spatial offset between their locations. JA6CZD was using horizontal and L on the vertical. The noise figure at both stations was under 2 dB. L measured his Doppler shift with his return echoes at 51 kHz at the start of the contact. The mutual Doppler shift placed both at about 24048.108 MHz based on a centre frequency of 24048.100 MHz. This shifted down in frequency as the schedule took place. 
W5 alleyway was GPS locked and JA6 CZD used an oven control crystal oscillator and a rubidium standard to control his frequency. That's all for me, Brian, VK3GR. Almost at the end of WIA National News, all that we've got left is the social scene for 2013. Now, don't forget, if you'd like to uh, get some items broadcast on WIA National News, all the details on how to do it, you'll find those when you go to wia.org.au. Click on the link that says WIA News Broadcast, or this weekly broadcast. Then on the left-hand side, you'll see how to submit items. The main thing, though, is don't just send us URLs. Write it out as you'd expect to hear it, as you'd expect to hear it being read if you want us to read it. And if you're sending the audio, make sure that you uh, follow the instructions on there. File it on that area so that when I'm not here to do the news, other people will get it instead of just sending it to an email address. All righty, let's see what's on the social scene. January 27, BK3 is Meet the Wales of Amateur Radio at Bandura Park. That's in Rotunda number 6. Feb 23 in VK, the Wyong Mini Contest, University Wyong Racecourse. The Wyong Field Day at the Wyong Racecourse itself is February 24. March 24 is VK7's Meet the Voice Barbecue at Ross. May 24 to 26, VK6, the WIA AGM and Conference in Perth. August 17 to 18, the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. October 3 to 7 in VK4 is the North Queensland Amateur Radio Convention. Now, of course, the other big one coming up is in VK3. That's the Centre Victoria Radio Fest. This is held at the Kyneton Racecourse. That happens February 10 in VK3. So, till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Let's all stay cool. Let's hope those fires don't get any worse than they have been and we'll see you all again next week here on vk1 wia national news service walk softly in the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe this has been the wia national news service local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates we'd appreciate you checking in vk1 wia we've reported you decide